Welcome to the Eye on Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story, and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. I don't think I've ever been in this building. I've been at Anne Arundel Community College for zillions of times, but I've never been in Ludlam Hall, which is the, the big wigs all live here. And we're here with President of Anne Arundel Community College, Dr. Dawn Lindsay. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Thanks so much for inviting me here. Um, probably the last time you will. I mean, after we're done this, you'll probably no, like, no, don't I'm... ever let him in here again. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> you coming to talk to me. Thank you. you know, I, let me preface this by saying that throughout this, I may throw in a county in the name, Anne Arundel County Community College, because that always somehow rolls out of my tongue, but people always correct me, and it's Anne Arundel Community College. Correct. AACC, and there's yep. way too many acronyms in my life with the, the, the AA on it. But, you know, the first things first, I mean, we connected, actually, Monica, who is a, uh, not a classmate of mine, but we're both in uh, leadership Anne Arundel, as you were. You were yes, in the I executive was, yeah. leadership. Um, she said, well, what's this talk going to be all about? I said, oh, you know, the usual stuff, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. She says, well, you got one. And she says, and she can talk about rock and roll. And I said, okay, so now I'm intrigued. Um, what is your favorite band? Oh, my. Um, or who do you think is the best band? I like so many different kinds of music. Um, I love Bonnie Raitt. I like Melissa Etheridge. Not bands, but singers. Okay, fine. That works. Um, you know, in college, it was like ACDC and the Rolling Stones. Um, and I have to say, three or four years ago, I always wanted to see the Rolling Stones in one of their continuous final presentations. Mm -hmm. And they obviously are continuing to tour, but it was supposed right. to be one of their final tours. I, I treated myself. I thought, I'm going to go see the Stones because I want to. And I'm, you know, I can at this point in time. So I saw them in Philly. Um, and they did not at all dis, uh, disappoint me. Or I think it, it was just an incredible concert. It was good. But... I um I love going down to Ramshead. I love local music. I love local bands. I was excited to see um, the March third and fourth or fourth and fifth, the uh, event that they're doing for St. Patrick's Day downtown, where it's oh. going to be two days of music. Yep. And uh, yeah, I just think that's it, it's going to be wonderful. It'd be fantastic. I saw the Rolling Stones in. 1980, when they okay. were just starting their, I think it was their Some Girls Tour, but they started the Hartford Civic Center in Connecticut. Oh, wow. And my high school was a boarding school up in Litchfield County. The gym had the same acoustics as the Hartford Civic Center, so they did their sound check for a week before. And we were allowed to go watch them, but we couldn't talk to them. But it was this really tiny little gym, like single basketball court-sized gym. And there was just like 20 of us on campus, and we're like drooling, watching the Rolling Stones go. It was amazing. Well, I think Mick Jagger is as entertaining now as he was then. I mean, he, he blew me out of the water all over oh. that stage, all over. It was great. Oh. It was great. Right up there with Springsteen. Uh, well, Bruce Springsteen is definitely one of my favorites, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't stop. You've never heard of a two-hour Bruce Springsteen show? No, you haven't. Or a Paul McCartney, actually, for that matter. I haven't been to a Paul McCartney concert. That's a, there's a bucket list for you. Okay, okay we I'll got, add we, it. I'll <laughs> add it. <laughs> we, got, we got way off track there, but I'll tell you, Anne Arundel Community College is such a wonderful asset to Anne Arundel County and, and the state of Maryland. And, you know, two-thirds of my kids are products of this, um, and one-third of my kids are, uh, oh, they're interest in their career 
to you guys sparking it. Came out of high school and was like, graphic design, you know, criminal justice, law enforcement. Hey, maybe I'll go in the Air Force. I don't know. You know, I'm like, I didn't want to spend the money for a college to have them bail out. I said, go to AACC, find out what jazzes you. Maybe it's economics. I hope not. But, you know, you know whatever it may be, get some <laughs> of the basic core things down. You can transfer out. You can, you can do anything. He got the IT bug, and now he's doing cyber for Booz Allen, uh, making, you know, probably a lot more money than either you or I. <laughs> Um, and, and I just love to hear those stories. And, and my situation is not unique. And that's why we wanted to come and talk to you because everybody I talked to that has had somebody come through here or perhaps even just taken a, a class for fun uh, has nothing but good things to say about Anne Arundel Community College. The history, I didn't realize that this school had been around for as long as it has. 60 or 61 now. Community colleges have really evolved over the years. It used to be the uh, those that couldn't go would go to the community college. Those were maybe, maybe they were dumber. Maybe they were, you know, whatever it was. It was just not held into any kind of a high esteem. And the community college organization throughout the nation has really sort of flipped that on their ear because this is just the most incredible launching pad or landing spot for everybody. And I mean, when I first moved down here, uh, Dr. Smith was the president. And I mean, she's here for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I looked and I'm like, holy mackerel, Dr. Lindsay's been here for 10 already? Yeah, I'm in my 11th year. Do you believe that? No, 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 (laughs) it, it flies. It's an amazing college. And it really is our people that make it amazing. I mean, that's, I have to brag about our faculty and staff. I mean, there's so much to brag about with this college. Um, we were listed as number one in the nation in 2021 by academic influencers, which I actually thought was a joke. I called downstairs to Dan and I'm Do we like, have to write a check for that? Well, <laughs> it's like there was no application. We didn't even know that we were even being reviewed. And it was the first time in the history of academic influencers that they included a community college. And Arundel came out number one, first time out of the gate. That's awesome. And they didn't, it wasn't like they interviewed us. I mean, it was the data. They, it was totally objective. It was their decision who they selected. And I, I got the notification and I, I called Dan and I'm like, did we apply? I, well, how did this happen? And it was totally independent of the college. So it was an, uh, a really tremendous outside um, that must have made for a great Monday for you, when you. <laughs> it's made for a great couple of years. I mean, I, I love this place. I, I enjoy the work. I really believe in our mission. I've been in community colleges for 30 years. I'm a therapist by training. And one of the things that I wanted to do was find a career. And I never thought it was going to be teaching. I did not. My dad was a teacher. I did not think I was going to go into teaching. But when I realized how much education can empower people and move people's lives and make a difference, I just decided this is where I wanted to be. So I um, started teaching adjunct here locally in Maryland. I was at Dundalk. Actually, Marty was still the president at Dundalk when I was doing uh, part-time work, adjunct work for Dundalk Community College, now part of CCBC. But the campus is beautiful. The people are amazing. One of the things that I have a lot of pride in is that we're really values-oriented, and we believe it. Like, we have values in people's evaluations. we have it in the expectations for the college. We believe in respect. We believe in civility. We believe in equity. We believe in access. I mean, we believe in all of these wonderful things. And we're not just talking it. We're walking it. 
and I think that's the difference. That it really, it really isn't. I mean, more businesses and organizations and entities, and the world in general probably could use a hell of a lot more than that, <laughs> more of that in things. But you got you talked about the campus being beautiful, and you are very convenient for anybody in Anne Arundel County. I mean, you're not okay. Yes, you're centrally located here in Arnold. Right. Uh, that's the main campus, but you've got satellite campuses. You're yes, up, we do. You're up in Hanover. You're out in Glen Burnie. And uh, you even, you go into schools, high schools, you go into, uh, you know, communities. <laughs> you invite us in, we'll be there. Uh, to, to teach, which is, which is mind-blowing. I mean, you think of college or you think of community college or anything like that. It's like, yeah, I got to drive there or take the bus or figure out how to get there to the central location. But things have really changed. I mean, you guys have really sort of thrown that on its ear along with, you know, a, the way you've adapted to the community that we're living in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you've ever forgotten where your community roots are. Um, you know, the too big for the britches type thing and anything else. I look at uh, going way back when. I mean, it seems like ancient history now, but when casinos came in and everyone was like, oh, no casinos, yes casinos, you know, all that big battle. Who was the first one to step up and say, well, crap, they're going to need to hire people, so we better figure out how to train them. I mean, yes, they've got their individual corporate training, how to, you know, but... You developed a curriculum for casino management Correct. based that didn't exist two years prior. Right. Well, first off, I didn't do it. We did it as a whole. I mean, it was a very collective process. And it was Maryland Live that actually was sharing with us that they have tremendous organizational needs for trained dealers, and they didn't have the capacity with which to do it. So um, our first cohort was at, at uh, Marley Station. We actually, that was our first training area was the Marley Station Mall. And then obviously things progressed and things moved and the, and the relationship developed very, very closely. Um, and for us, it really wasn't a matter, I should say for me, but it was the college and the board that was obviously behind this as well. You know, we were concerned about making sure that we were meeting demands of the, the county, which is our job as a community college. Um, Similar but very different. We can talk later maybe about the Clawson Center and how we've raised money for other buildings. But there was a need for dealers. And it was actually fun because I would go up to Maryland Live and sit at a blackjack table or something. And I'm not even a big gambler, but I wanted to, to see our students in action. And the students didn't know it was me. Okay. So I would say, hey, where did you learn how to, where, where did you learn? I mean, like if I was interested in this, was it good field, bad field, whatever. And I would do my own kind of undercover boss I guess you know going into to looking to see how things happened and what happened and it was amazing because part of being a good dealer is being able to connect and have a personality to want to keep people at the table sure and helping them win I mean Mm -hmm. that's you're going to help them win right and so the casino, we did the training, obviously, but then there was the whole part where they had to go through a, a final interview and a final test, which was showing Maryland Live executives who were going to be doing hiring, you know, if they were the right people to be hired by the casino. So as the casino grew, the needs grew, um, they gave us an incredibly generous scholarship just this year for um, X amount of dollars for 10 years. Um which is going to be going to their scholarships. So they are funding their scholarships. They're partnering with the, the community college. Um, they've opened their doors to us. Uh, we do our graduation ceremonies up there now. So, As to the public schools? For yeah. Most of them, so yeah. It's- yeah. And, but, but we started actually before the public schools, um, just because right. I guess there was more fluidity or whatever. But um, they make it beautiful. They know how to host. They know how to entertain. They know how to make people feel comfortable. So having the opportunity to bring such a huge celebration for our students to a venue like that 
um, was amazing. And we did get some pushback, even from people who were like, oh, well, we have to walk through the casino. Nope, there's a whole separate entrance to the hotel section and the um, spa, you know, salon, restaurant areas that the, the Maryland Live offers. So the training was fun. Um, participating in some of those interviews was fun. Watching the success of these students. In fact, my proud bias, but it's it's good and it's bad. Our dealers are so good, they get stolen from other casinos. So Maryland Live is continually to invest in a new marketplace for so, um, so dealers. It's truly a pipeline. We are. That, that, that goes through and they're... You know, if somebody moves, I mean, they've got the qualifications, yep. the chops to work in Philadelphia or Vegas yep. or Atlantic City or wherever else has mm-hmm. as a casino. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I wonder how many, um, let me call up there and see if I can find out how many current dealers are graduates of AACC's program. Oh, I have no idea, but it's I'll t- probably significant. It's probably the majority. Yeah. That's oh. awesome. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you guys aren't, you guys are known for other, other programs. Obviously that's, that's one that's here locally. Right. Uh, Internationally, or not internationally, but nationally, anyhow, known nursing. I know several people that have gone through here, either that are you know nurses or EMTs, and they're you know that's another huge aspect of what you're churning out here. And then certainly, as casino dealers are needed, we all hear all the shortages of nursing and healthcare yep. that uh, Anne Arundel County, see, I did it, Anne Arundel Community that's College okay. is, okay. is going to uh, okay. fill that need. Um, you can't see it from where you're sitting, but there's a 175,000 square foot health and life sciences building that we just opened about a year ago. Um, $116 million building. And we moved all of our health and life sciences programs in there, the sciences that support prerequisites, so like chemistry and biology, in addition to nursing and EMT and paramedic. Um, our nursing program and our healthcare programs as a, a whole are award winning. Our nursing program pass rates are incredible very, very high. Um, some of our classes have been at 100% of the people and the nurses that are taking these um, exams. So, yeah, we are. We, we're known for business. We're known for entrepreneurial studies. We're known for our criminology program. I would say our health and life sciences programs are probably one of our biggest draws. And that that is a variety of ages. It's a pretty significant span of students. I know you talked about entrepreneurship, and uh, I, I know three people that have established businesses off of the shark tankish uh, yeah. that, that that you guys present there i mean you've got jeremiah have you been there have, have you ever been no, to our shark no, tank seen oh, the whole thing, but, so i mean great. jeremiah but vatican who has uh, peak social mm-hmm. and um, i'm drawing a blank on the man that's got the uh the food truck that's mm-hmm. that's expanding out there and there's another guy that's looking to open up a gay bar and he's done a couple of gay pop-ups and stuff like that and I've looked at some of his stuff, and I know he's won a couple of years, and 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 that that's a need that is going to be met, and I, I I know he's going to be at the front of it, just making that explode. We this is unusual. When I came here to learn that we had a nursery and a hatchery for businesses and for business owners and for people that are wanting to get into business to have a lot of support around their um, project and their their scope of where they wanted to go. Um, we don't call it Shark Tank, but I call it Shark Tank too. Right. <laughs> um, I love attending it. I mean, you see these incredible people with incredible plans and desires and success and they present to um, local business owners who um, are looking for expertise and and know how to I guess kind of pull out a a successful entrepreneur but these students are winning seed money with which to start their businesses and then you do see them around the county and over the bridge it's neat it's it's very neat and and again Rita I'll back up a little bit you mentioned about uh, Maryland Live and the scholarships or the uh, you know and, and I know that I was just talking to Ray Crosby 
a couple of weeks ago, and and they recently established uh, a scholarship program yes. for marketing where yes. they're drawing from here. And I mean, it's it's a win win because you're you're able to get money, you're able to get people that are interested in this enrolled in the program, getting educated. He's getting you know uh, interns that are learning the business. They're able to see what they can. Hopefully, you know, he's got a pipe. You know, so you're getting the pipeline. He's getting the pipeline. And it's it's fantastic. We work very collaboratively with the community. I mean, I believe we're here to serve and educate the community, as does, I think, this whole campus. You know, we're really wanting to make sure that people get their needs met when they come in. Um, so, yes, that's a, another one of the, the great programs that we've got. We've got a couple other areas where we've got people that are partnering with us. But one of the things about being involved with a community college, our mission is really pretty altruistic. It's about helping people get where they want to go, empowering people through education, making sure that they're getting, you know, the education that they need to move forward. But what we do as a business is really not controversial at all because we are here to support and collaborate and build this community. I call our college the workforce engine for this community. I mean, we, we train in a lot of areas. If you as a business owner decide that you're, you're population, your employees need certain types of training. We do custom contract training for businesses in addition to training students here on campus for tuition and things like that. Really? So we have a whole, we've been doing it for a long time. It's through our contract ed and it's a great resource for people because we can really help them, you know, get, get the workforce that they need and help them move forward. It's a, it, I'm surprised that you don't know about it. I'm glad I'm no, sharing something no, I, that you haven't heard of. That's great. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Well, I mean, another thing that I haven't heard of, and I mean, you answered the call when the casinos moved in, mm -hmm. and come July, the weeds are moving in. Mm -hmm. uh, are you guys going to get into the weeds, so to speak? <laughs> you know, <in laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. We've actually had curriculum um, for business. It's through our entrepreneurial studies program, and one of our professors, Shad, where it has been the real pioneer behind this. But one of the things that Shad um, first approached me with when he was expressing his desire to bring um, this curriculum in, one, I said, we have to make sure that we're not violating any regulations and any laws because, you know, I don't want to have details, those details. problems. Yeah, the devil's always in the details, <laughs> right? But um, he did an amazing job of supporting the work that we needed to do. And he talked about the axes and the picks and the jeans that people needed and the clothing when the gold mine industry was, was there. So he really initially started focusing a lot on the, the foundational uh, needs of our students that would be coming through this curriculum. So, um, yes, we have training in this particular area. It's a very popular program, needless to say. Usually filled up, I think, with a waiting list to get in. But Shad really has done a lot of work to... Um, to provide yet again another business opportunity, another business need for people to be involved in. What is it? What do you need to grow? How do you take care of these plants? There's just so well, much detail that well, goes I, into I think it. That very much similar to the casinos. And and before we had started recording, you had mentioned that, you know, when the casino opened up, it was it was a big room with slot machines. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then all of a sudden tables came in. Now we needed dealers, and, and and then it was like, oh, we've got a lot of carpet, and we need to worry about housekeeping and and. They want to drink when they're gambling, so right. we need to worry about you know your hospitality, and the, they built the hotel, and and there's so many other micro not they're not micro but micro industries that are supporting and propping up one another in mm -hmm. the casino world um, up there in Hanover, and you answered the call for that, and mm -hmm. I see that very similar here in the marijuana legislation. Yes, there are dispensaries, but that's just what we see on the surface. But it's like the iceberg, because you don't know what is supporting that right. underneath. Uh, there's, you know, there's packaging. There's, you know, there's obviously, there's marketing, there's growing, there's distributing, there's, uh, and, and there's going to be a whole lot of changes now that it's going to become recreationally legal as opposed to just medicinally. 
Um, and I think it's fantastic that Anne Arundel Community College is prepared to answer that call. Well, there's a there's a need, right? There's a workforce need. And again, that tends to be how we develop programs and expand the college's offerings. Right. The other thing I do like about here is that with the non-credit stuff that you've got to as well, and that's, uh, you know, it sort of goes into the lifelong learners. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was talking to uh, Pete Nesbitt, who's the new director at St. John's uh, Mitchell Art Gallery, and um, or no, Mitchell Art Museum. They've, they're changing their names. And we were discussing about how St. John's College is such a different college, mm-hmm. as well as the Naval Academy. Mm-hmm. And we said that this, those students uh, are there not because it was like their second or third choice, or even, they're there because they want to be there. Mm-hmm. And I find that you know certainly in the non-credit realm of Anne Arundel Community College, but also even in the uh, the regular two-year programs and the certification programs that you offer, these are the kids that want to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is you know I mean if you're, if they're getting the pressure to go to college from home and mm-hmm. you know must go to college, which I, I disagree with that it's not necessarily the route for everybody. Yeah, they're going to be in a four-year college and miserable. Uh, these these ones these kids here, I say kids, and I, are I guess they're are, are they kids? Or not well, really? we're, we're they're adults when they're here. I mean, we we are. Well, that's, that's true, but but it's what what is the average age range of the the student that's here at Anne Arundel Community College? Twenty six. Wow, Twenty six okay. year old part time female. That's our typical student. That's our average student, I should say. Wow. So about 20 to 21% of our overall population of students is in that 18 to 22-year-old range, so coming out of high school. Now, a lot's going to change because of new legislation that went through with the Maryland Blueprint. And the short, and uh, I guess the short story behind it is um, the responsibility, the opportunities for students that are high school students to take community college courses with their local community college, so there's 16 community colleges mm-hmm. in Maryland, and have their tuition and their books and everything paid for. We actually wrote uh, return checks to some of the students that had paid tuition for spring, yeah. or for fall maybe it was, Yeah, that would qualify that we, um, I mean, that's part of our ethics too. I mean, we, we looked at that and decided that we needed to do something different. But the Maryland Blueprint is interesting because it's talking about a whole other collaboration, but just kind of going back to St. John's, this might surprise you, but it's interesting how this community connects and about I don't know, probably I think it's two or three weeks from now, and it won't be the first time we've done this. But the president from St. John's, the Naval Academy superintendent, the mayor of Annapolis, and myself get together for dinner and talk about partnerships between the four of us at that higher level with St. John's. What can they do? What can the what can the Naval Academy do? What can we do to support them? How can they support us? And so when you've got leaders within a community connecting and creating these puzzles and filling in these pieces, it's pretty powerful. It, re- it, re- it really is. And I had a conversation with Nora Demleitner when, you know, a couple months ago when she came in and, and you know, she was working with uh, Vice Admiral Buck and, and, you know, how they can work together and, and the collaborations are increasing. And, I'm, and that's that's thrilling to see that they brought AACC as well as the city in, into the mix. We've been working with um, liberal arts curriculum with them for well over a year. Um, so, the other thing about the community and the leaders in this community is I find that once people agree to follow through on something, they do it. And I think it provides a lot of credibility for the leadership. Um, I think Anne Arundel County as a whole has tremendous people in leadership that really believe in collaboration and working together. And our success is really based on a lot of these successful partnerships that we have throughout the county, throughout the state, and quite frankly, throughout the nation. Yeah, well, that's probably one of the reasons why you 
woke up that Monday morning and they said, hey, they're number one. Yeah. You know. So wonderful. <laughs> the, the, the only community college listed in it. And, and I mean, it is such a good value. Uh, absent any kind of aid or assistance, and there is a gazillion ways to ways to come here with uh, not writing a big check. Uh, even if you do come here, having to write the full check, it's not that big. It's about $4,000 yeah, um, for and, full But the value that's goes along with that is is incredible. I know that we've worked with uh, MHEC before and all the ways that, you know, there are so many ways to reduce that bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you are looking to go to college, AACC is a huge, huge first step. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as I said, my son is making, you know, gazillions of dollars and that's where it was because he had no idea what he wanted to do. And AACC turned around and, and pointed him in that direction. Uh, you had to find it, of course, but it was uh, that that was it. But one thing that people don't know too much about is like the delegate and the senatorial scholarships. They're pretty much for the asking, and they got walking around money to give away to students in Anne Arundel mm-hmm. County or actually throughout the state. Mm-hmm. And some of them are an application and an essay, and some are just like, just hey, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And it's just one, you know, you sit there and you look, and there's so many ways to do it, and the value that you get out of. AACC, and my daughter has actually two degrees out of here, as well as a bachelor's degree mm-hmm. when she when when she transferred out and went into a four year school. And don't ever get dissuaded by cost. I was always brought up with the kids. Oh my gosh, how are you going to afford college for three kids? Uh, first of all, that's the assumption that all three kids are going to go to college. But secondly, I'm like, I'm not going to say it wasn't a struggle. Mm-hmm. But there are ways. If mm-hmm. you if you look for it, you'll figure it out. And I, th- I think that's the biggest misnomer I'm finding of like raising kids, is people put this fear of you know the God into you that you can't afford college, especially if your kids are tightly you know. And I'm like, no, you can. There's plenty of use a Mr. Rogers term, but uh, you know, look for the good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are plenty of good people in this world, whether they're setting up scholarships, whether they're setting up uh, you know like like Crosby or Maryland Live or. Uh, just benefactors within the community that want to see the community grow and thrive to be able to do it. Yeah, and I have to shout out, too, to our foundation because we have an amazing uh, foundation for the college. Um, First time ever, they raised money for a capital building for us, and that was a building that was being built about the same time as the Health and Life Sciences building, and that's our skilled trade center, uh, the Clawson Center for Innovation. And we couldn't obviously go back to the county after we had this agreement to they they funded you know the um, half of the health and life sciences building about the other half from the state we have to go through our, our colleagues so we knew that we weren't going to get any money out of this direction but it was interesting this group of very dedicated people got together and said you know we need we need skilled trades we can't find skilled trade workers we can't find plumbers you know we can't find HVAC people uh, find carpentry we, there are six different programs that we ended up selecting to put into the Clawson Center but we actually had the building. Um, named by one of our donors, the uh, Jim and uh, Janet Clausen, significant donor, got their name on the building uh, for their support. But we built that through our foundation, so the work of our foundation board and um, their contacts to get the $5 million that we needed to get that that, uh, program up and running. And now we're offering classes and we're partnering with various areas. But um, students can come who might not even be interested in a four-year or transfer or a certificate, but knowing that there's great money to be made in the skilled trades, knowing that there's employers out there that have come to us saying, we will hire these people as soon as you get them through the program because we need replacement people that that quickly. And um, 
we're really helping them in that direction too. So kind of like looking at the community again, bridging things. So that's a whole nother bridge that we made um, was this need for skilled trades. They came to us. We went to them. We talked collaboratively about what we could do, talked about what we need, and we made it happen. So when we came back from COVID, that's a whole nother issue because we're working differently. But <laughs> sure. um, when we came back, we had a beautiful health and life sciences building and the Clawson Center around the same time, not exactly the same time, but around the same time, opening their doors for our students. Both buildings are amazing. Both buildings are providing a need. And both of them were generated based on the community saying that there's something that they needed us to help them with. Again, answering the need of the community. How does the foundation work with you? you I mean, you, you are in charge of the education portion of this. Correct. And, and you have a board. That- I have a board of trustees. It's eight members. They're... Um, uh, selected by their senators and one of them is a student from our college that we always have a student uh, trustee and what's amazing is this is a student trustee who has the same voting power the same rights and responsibilities as one of the regular board of That's trustees awesome. members it is awesome and when I when I meet the student I say look literally you're going to be doing my evaluation you're going to be part of my my compensation you're going to be part of everything that I do come on out let's go drink <laughs> no <laughs> but, but, but um it's it's amazing, and I think, again, it really, and I didn't create this. I, I inherited this student who was a full trustee, but what a, an amazing way to say to our students, we care, we want to hear what our students need, we want to make sure that our students have a voice. So the students have a tremendous voice because they have a voice that not only evaluates me, but literally sits with the board at all of their meetings, votes with their curriculum, has questions about things that we're doing. Why are we doing you know, a gaming? Fist, Why are we doing... Slam fist down, stand up, and yell about it. Yeah. That's so awesome. It, it, it's, the college is so complicated. So to go back to your question, the foundation is a uh, independent, private, for-profit. They, they help us raise money. And that's their only job, right, is to raise money to support Anne Arundel Community College? Yeah, they were doing a lot with scholarships, and they still are. But like I said, um, the the foundation board, um, Hank Libby, a lot of people in town know yeah. Hank Libby. Um, when he was chair of the, the foundation board, really started moving this idea of a trade center and helping our students that our non-traditional students get where they want to go as well. But I think their most recent and certainly huge um, testimony to the work that they've put into this is the fact that we have a building that we would not have had and we have never in the history of this college raised money to build a building. Really? Never had, never raised, used philanthropy to, to put a capital project on our How company. do you build your buildings? Begging, how? how do you build your buildings? Begging from the state? Well, there's a formula. <laughs> there, you know, there are 16 community colleges, obviously. We and we work very collaboratively together too, because we realize there's a tremendous benefit of working together. Oh, and certainly. So we meet on a monthly basis. I mean, we're very close. And quite frankly, I recommend any of the community colleges in Maryland because they're just people can feel safe and they know that they're going to get a really good education. You know, moving in that direction. But for the foundation. Um, to say we're going to build this building for you and then we went out fundraising and and I actually find fundraising fun because we don't harass people we don't cold call people we know that there's people in the county and in the community that are philanthropic and people who are philanthropic want to give to something that they know is going to be a good investment and it's going to be a return on their investment and it's going to be uh, reputable and there aren't going to be issues and they came forward to 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 build the building, raise the money, get the donors. It was just, it was magical. And you can't think of a better return on investment than the future. Truly, and again, knowing that the money that you're putting forward is actually going to be benefiting somebody. So, you know, if you're a betting person, we're a good risk because we're hardly any risk. 
And again, we're all about promoting um, our students and the needs of this community, getting the workforce up and running, um, being fluid, being flexible, appreciating and understanding that what makes us that way, because we are such direct to student, faculty, student, support services to student, it's really our faculty and staff that make this college what it is. So it's important to me that we're competitively paying people, that the compensation is good, um, that we can not only uh, recruit people, but we can retain people. And these are all the things that we continue to work on on an annual basis when we put our budget together and when we work with the county. Um, our funding is about a third, a third, a third, a third county, a third state, and a third student tuition. Okay. All right. And that, that is ultimately what's going to have to build, absent the foundation, that's what built the campuses. Well, it's it's different because we have capital money. So mm -hmm. the, the like the money that I was just talking about goes it's, into it's the instruction. It's operational, yeah. um, but we do have capital money as well that comes from the county and the state and um, and investments in the whole yeah. the whole yeah. nine yards to figure out how we, to do it. We just have superstars. I mean, it's a fun place to work. I, I mean, I enjoy my job. Everybody who interacts with me for two seconds and I start talking about this college can hear my passion because mm -hmm. I believe in what we do. And it's funny because. My, my son, who's 34, um, and was in California with me, part of the funny story is now that he, we were moving out here, he says, okay, now do I get to stop being your poster child for why community colleges are the best? I'm like, no, <laughs> no. I'm going to continue to tell the stories. <laughs> because I sent my son to a community college, and I was a college president. Now, I knew of a lot of wonderful schools, but I knew the benefit of coming to a community college, which my parents didn't know back in the 70s when I graduated from high school. So you have... You don't have teaching assistants with us. You have actual faculty who are the discipline experts. We have wraparound services. So we really do everything we can to help students with tutorials, with, with scholarship money, with um, supplemental instruction, uh, students that have some type of a disability that we can accommodate and, and help them get where they need to go. In 2015, we, we've always talked about diversity and equity being in, in, important. Um, but we started looking at completion numbers as opposed to... Um, access numbers and I went to the board in 2015 and I said I'd really like to support the campus is bringing forward a new strategic plan um, we want to focus on completion and we want to make sure that everybody gets through the door not just in the door and that since 2015 has continued to build our strategic plan plan we it's not a document that sits on the shelf we budget to it we hire based on it. We look at the trends. We look at where we've got equity gaps. We, uh, I'm a big believer in professional development for faculty and staff. Most colleges, when money starts getting slim, the first thing to get cut is professional development. We didn't touch it. And the reason we didn't touch it is my belief is when the times are tough is when people actually need the support of additional references and additional education and, and understanding. So the school's amazing. It, 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 it it wouldn't be what it is. It would just be buildings if it wasn't for the people that fill the buildings. No, I, I absolutely agree. Well, I'll tell you, as we start to wrap up here, and I'm not, I'm sizing up the windows, look, not looking to get new curtains or anything like that, but as, <laughs> as, as you're looking to move on, and I mean, whether that be another 10, 20, 30 years, whatever it is, maybe they're going to be pulling out of here in a box. What, what is your vision for the future? What do you look to have leaving as a legacy for when they say, gosh, you know, when Dr. Lindsay was here, dot, dot, dot. There's quite a few things I, I would be proud of. But I think one of the things that's probably the simplest in concept is that we have a college where people get what they want, but they feel that they belong with us. So that sense of anybody who comes here, we meet them where they are, we help them get where they want to go. We have more people that are completing 
and continue to focus in that direction. But I want this community to know that I believe that this college is here to serve this community. So the word belonging is more relevant to me than just access. So I want whoever walks on this campus to feel that this is their campus. They belong here and we are here to educate them and get where they want to go. They're a river hawk. They're a river hawk. (laughs) (laughs) What would be the most surprising thing to learn about AACC to somebody that doesn't know about it too much? Our success. I'm talking academically, I'm talking in a lot of different directions, but I don't think people know that they've got, not everybody knows that they've got this gem right here in this community that's a nationally known community college, nationally recognized. You take classes from us, they transfer to the four-year colleges, so we've done the articulation work for you. You know that the education that you're getting is comparable to the education that you're going to be getting at the four-year college if that's the option that you choose to move into because we've already done the work on creating the pathways. Now we're building the pathways with the high school so that we're bringing people in more in that direction. We're building continuing um, with skilled trades, with other programs that need that need to become in things that we might not even know that we're going to be needing in, in X amount of years sure. forward. Sure. Um, but I, I, I don't know that everybody knows what they can get with us. So I appreciate actually having the opportunity to talk with somebody like you with a podcast like this because our doors are open. I lovingly say we take the top 100% of our applicants. And what that means is we don't turn people down. We don't have a, an admission process where you, we don't even look at SATs. If you want to come to college, if you want to take a class here, you can come to us. So totally open door, totally student-centric, all about completion, all about retention, all about hiring the best faculty and staff, making sure that we maintain our quality. We're known for innovation. And we are known to be a bit experimental because if you're not innovative, you're not going to be innovative if you're, you're afraid of, of you know, making a mistake. So I shared with the faculty early, early on in my tenure that you know, my dad was a chemistry teacher. He said to me when we were doing chemistry experiments at the house, like making rock candy and stuff I like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that uh, an uh, experiment that doesn't work is just is as valuable as one that does. And so making mistakes is the way you move ahead, is my interpretation of that. So, you know, when Shad brings these ideas or when Rob Norton contacts us or once somebody in the skilled trade says, I need help, or a foundation person says, I have somebody that I want you to meet who's a donor, it's really all about that connection. It, it is. I mean, and that's a life lesson. I mean, you know, you, you've got mistakes are great. Mm-hmm. Just make sure you take something away from it when you when you do yeah and don't repeat it don't repeat the same mistake right. but you can make more yeah. <laughs> i'm not dead yet <laughs> you know, i'm sure there's a long list of things to uh to do there that's uh, you talked about sats and uh I, I know that's a big thing in most colleges now where sats are becoming optional and again as aacc does i mean you meet the student where they are that's and goal. allow them to do that and, and the sats i mean my daughter uh, she, the one that didn't come through here, uh, she took all the AP classes and everything else, uh, never scored higher than a two on all of the AP exams, but got straight A's in all the AP classes. Uh, her SATs were totally non-reflective of who she was, and she applied to a school that didn't was SAT optional. And I'm mm-hmm. like, being the old guy that I am, I'm going, how is that possible? How do they do that? And without knowing, but again, it's the same thing. It's finding out where the student's strengths are, finding out how they can succeed. Because the way I succeed here is totally different from the way that you succeed here. And it's totally different from how anybody else does succeed here. And that's the beauty of Anne Arundel Community College is to be able to 
take anybody on whatever level with whatever capacity and they've got the opportunity to succeed here. Well, and this blueprint um, that's being rolled out, um, that's gone through the legislation, it's really about increasing dual enrollment. It's removing barriers of finance accessibility from the perspective of, you know, we, we have, I don't know if you've ever talked with, you probably have Pam Brown who does the report about um, Poverty Amongst Play. Poverty Amongst Play. I have not talked, I've not spoken, I, I know her, but I've not spoken with her on the podcast. Amazing research about mm-hmm. the pockets of poverty and the pockets of affluence that are in Anne Arundel County and the students that are in need and students that are hungry, they're homeless. They're, we have a, um, a food pantry here for our students. We actually, our, our staff and our Anybody can use it. You know, it's it's if you're an employee or if you're a student, um, and we try to keep that stocked because we know that people are hungry. When we went into the whole COVID situation, we had students that didn't have computers. They didn't have wire and internet access at their homes. We had to meet and adjust all of those needs so those students we didn't get lost as a result of an equity issue. Sure, and and once you go down, you run the risk of you know continuing to spiral down once you get into a situation. So you do need to have, I don't want to call it a safety net, but just have, um, you know somebody there that's on on your side that's cheering for you well and you can come to our parking lot and use the wi-fi as a student i mean we we, the buildings were shut down during COVID. i mean you talk about a learning lesson that we had um and now post kind of moving through i don't know it's good to say post but moving through the whole you know COVID issue it's really changed our workforce's expectations as well as our students expectations so you know flexible schedules People are looking for flexible schedules. Our students are looking for flexible schedules. Being fully online or fully face-to-face, those discussions as far as not everybody wants to be face-to-face, yet we lost a huge chunk of our face-to-face students when March 13th of 2020, we had to shut the college down because it wasn't safe to bring people back. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, well, COVID taught us an awful lot of lessons. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there, again, that sort of goes to the different ways of learning. And I know that the public schools after, after COVID, quote-unquote, they said, well, we need to have an online curriculum uh, because there were some kids that were absolutely struggling getting through that face-to-face with Mrs. So-and-so or Mr. So-and-so. But boy, when they threw that online, they were just like, boom, taking off like a rocket star. But- and, and online learning isn't for everybody. You know, it, there's people that aren't as successful. They need that face-to-face. And so we've expanded. We have hybrid. We have synchronous learning. We have asynchronous learning. So, you know, students can have the best of both worlds. And it multiplies into like five or six different kind of pedagogical approaches that we're <laughs> interacting with our students. But, you know, we're also working on meeting student demand. And I'm really proud of the work that happened here in learning and, and through the student services programs. As we were working on scheduling for this semester and moving in even into next fall, rather than predetermining what we thought our students were going to need, we waited for them as they enrolled. And as we saw this this area moving up higher, we added to this. So it wasn't... And, and, and didn't build on... Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So it, true definition of equity, right? Getting people yeah. what they need when they need it and where they need it. Absolutely. Well, aacc.edu is a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, I might argue that a better place to start would be just head a little bit north on Ritchie Highway from Annapolis or south from the Severna Park Glen Burney area and mm-hmm. come walk around the campus. It's a beautiful campus. You would be surprised at what Anne Arundel Community College does have. What other 
better ways? I mean, do they, do, are there campus tours? I mean, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm not looking for like just strangers just to come and get a tour, but I mean, obviously well, students. Well, the campus is open. I mean, so if somebody across the street wants to do Chick-fil-A, um, they can come to our Health and Life Sciences building, and we have a full-service Chick-fil-A over there. Um, so Good the, to know. Yeah, the library is open to the community. I mean, so the campus is, we're not a locked-out campus. This is an open-access campus. That's another thing. So, you know, people can come and go. The community can utilize our resources, can use our tracks, can walk around our campus. I frequently see people with their dogs or people running or people over at Chick-fil-A, people using the library, whether they're student or non-student. So this, this, the college is to the benefit of the community. Well, I do encourage everybody that's listening, get to know this institution. It's a bad word, institution. That's uh, this place of higher learning, this uh, place of bringing people up. And you're going to be surprised. There's going to be a lot that you didn't know. Uh, next time you get that teal green book in the mail, if you're not interested in it, don't toss it. I encourage you to flip through it mm-hmm. and see that's the non-credit courses that are offered. And maybe you want to learn how to use that camera you got for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, somebody sent you an Excel spreadsheet and you can't figure out what the, what the heck it Or somebody works. gave you a drone. We do training. You know, we have classes in drones. So I, it's, it's, um, it's very, the, the campus is so dynamic because it's just so different and it has so many opportunities and so many options for people. And, you know, when we talk about educating this community, we mean the whole community. I mean, we have, you know, all kinds of ages, all kinds of programs. We've got credit, we've got non-credit, we've got contract education, we've got workforce development, we've got transfer, we've got AA, we have certificate, we have lifelong learning. We are here to serve this community. And any number of ways. Mm -hmm. Dr. Lindsay, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. you inviting me into your AACC my Teal Office. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> Your Teal Office. So uh, this is interesting. You see these three things sitting here? I am looking. Any idea what they could be? Uh, they look like they might be the tops of a base for a light pole in a parking lot. Well, you're close. So this is one of our faculty members who has since retired. But um, I was at a gallery, and he... I saw that, and it's called Three Moons. And it's the bottom of the kilns, the ceramic kilns where the paint and stuff drips off. Oh. He actually told me I could put it in my office and keep it. He brought it over here because I had just admired his work so much. So those are like kiln material. Yeah, that's the base of the kilns. So you probably had to like reinforce that wall to get those three hanging on. No, they're not. Yeah, yeah, it was just the paint. I think they're not heavy, heavy. But um, That's very neat. The the office is reflective of of, um, hope and connections and people, my family and my dogs. And I mean, it's it's really about staying grounded. Whoa, 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 dog. What kind of dog? I have two border collies and you don't want me to start talking about those two because I will go nonstop. (laughs) (laughs) I love my border collies. I think the border collies might have slightly less energy than you you know it's funny we were laughing because border collies are like they i read they have the intelligence of like a five-year-old like they have a vocabulary so they're smart like if my husband and i are watching tv and you know we say outside they both just pop up or they look at us and we oh they've got to go out they my dog one dog's on uh, medication he knows where the pill station is he knows he gets it after he gets his breakfast because he has to have the pill first or the breakfast first they are so smart but um such good company and they are challenging but uh i'm a dog lover dog lover all the way fantastic thank you so much thank you thanks for listening to this week's local business spotlight 
Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.